So the message, for instance, a six-year-old is at the table and the parents just finished paying all the bills and they said, we don't have any money. What they don't have any money because they just finished all the bills, not because they don't have any money. But what that little girl heard was that, and her questions was, she was concerned that she was going to be homeless and how would she, how were they going to eat? So that's what I'm saying. We really need to really pay attention to what we say because we don't know in the child's mind what they're going to do with that information. All right. Welcome, Blissful Parents out there. Michelle Abraham, your host of Blissful Parenting Podcast. And I'm bringing you today a really great expert. I'm so excited to introduce to you guys, Chella Diaz. Chella is a friend of mine and she is a mentor for moms and parents out there. So today we're talking about what message are we sending to our kids when we say, we can't afford it. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, so I'd love to just dive in to this conversation, Chella, and then we'll find out a little bit more about you, who you are and what makes you do what you do. So let's dive in. So Chella, talk to us. How are you today? <laughs> marvelous. Marvelous. Absolutely delighted to be here. And I, I am a mom. I have two sons. So just so you know, this is from actual experience. This is legit. Um, <laughs> this is, yeah. <laughs> I have two sons to prove it. No, but but it's, you know, I, um, what really, if you think about the, what you heard as a child, you know, when your parents said, we can't afford it, it's about what that kid takes on as a story. What does it mean to them? So the you as an adult, you know that, well, maybe it's not within the budget. Maybe we can't afford it for whatever reason, right? Maybe you don't want them to have it. Let's face it. Let's be honest. Sometimes we say we can't afford it because we really don't want them to have, you know, whatever. I know that I was not big on violent toys in my house. So so that would have been. But it's about what the kid is looking and taking that information and what are they doing with it. So instead of saying we can't afford it, mm-hmm. and I'll come back to a story of an actual situation where that happened, is what if we make help the kids be part of the decision. Great. You want to get that? Marvelous. What can we do to get you to help you to earn that? Whether it's additional chores, what can we do, right? So get them involved in in the decision-making because that also is teaching them, you know, how to budget, how to budget for future things that they want to do Mm -hmm. as they get older. They may want bigger things. Mm -hmm. But if we start with them young enough, when they begin to count, and when they start to asking for things, if we can get them to be part of the decision, I think that's... So the message, for instance, a six-year-old is at the table and the parents just finished paying all the bills and they said, we don't have any money. What they don't have any money because they just finished all the bills, not because they don't have any money. But what that little girl heard was that, and her questions was, she was concerned that she was going to be homeless and how, would she, how were they going to eat? So that's what I'm saying. We really need to really pay attention to what we say because we don't know in the child's mind what they're going to do with that information. Mm, yeah, because we know that we're not going to be homeless just because we've paid our bills. We don't have any money left, but there's going to be more coming in in two weeks. But that right. child doesn't necessarily know that. Exactly. You just nailed it. Exactly. And this is exactly what the case was with this little girl. So it's about what they're saying. So not just we can't afford it, make them part of the decision. But also when you say, you know, we don't have any money, you don't know what that little girl or that little boy, that child is going to do with that information. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think it's really important 
that we begin to really, and then pay attention to what we heard as kids Mm -hmm. so that we're not passing that on to our kids. Right. Yeah. Cause there's also like a fine line from like, you know, making your kids like pay for their own things. Like, I think that's really a great, a great thing, but then there's also the, you're paying for them because we can't afford it thing. Right. So it's like, you know, what's the, <laughs> what is the real reasoning behind it? And it's like, we're teaching them something. We're trying to get them to learn. Like we have these money jars for my kids. And it was actually thanks to another interview we had here with John and he, you know, suggested the money jars. And so we've been doing the money jars, but what's funny about my son is that every time he gets money in there, or birthday money, he wants to spend it right away. <laughs> like he just like, every time we go to Vancouver, we're going into, you know, we take a ferry. It's a big trip into the city for the weekend. He wants to spend everything. So like trying to teach that savings part, I'm finding a bit tricky. <laughs> well, no, that's good. So tell me, tell me about the jars. Cause I, I have uh, the three jars for me. It's a three jar. I call them three buckets, three jars, but yeah. Tell me yeah. about the three jars. So we've cause... got the savings jar. We've yep. got the spending jar and we've got the sharing jar, which is usually going to, you know, if he wants to buy an ice cream with his friend or, or to a charity or to a cause. And that, so every time he gets an allowance, it's split in those three three buckets in different different ways, you know. But the, the spending jar is this thing that he's like spending. He wants to spend it real fast. And as soon as he gets money in there, he's like, wants to spend it. So, or he's saved up for a few weeks. Now he's got, you know, $50 in there. And now he wants to really spend it on something that's like a toy or something that he's going to like, forget about in two weeks. So <laughs> how do we inspire them to want to save for something that's more impactful or more of um, an experience or, you know, something other than like the, the junky toy that's going to go into the garbage in three weeks from now. <laughs> I, the waiting. So if, if he does want the, and it's going to take a couple of times, Michelle, it's going to take a couple of times, but he is going to get there because it, it you know, it's the experience. So he's going to go and he's going to buy the $29, $39 toy at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But eventually, just like would say maybe two or three times when he realizes I'm going to put away, pay all this amount mm-hmm. and I'm going to get the toy and eventually he gets it. He's like, and he begins to think, is that really what I want to do? Or do I want to save it for something else? Or it seemed like a long time to save and now it's all gone and now I got to start it all over again. Right. So what you're saying is that we should let them have those experiences and so that they get the idea after a while that this junkie toy is going to be a junkie toy and they're going to forget about it in a couple of weeks. And also he'll start looking at bigger toys. So with my kids, because we did the same, I said they had to save up 50% and then I would pay the other 50% mm. whenever we got there. But by the time, so that we would look at it, look at it. But, you know, like I would say really 80% of the time they changed their mind halfway. They moved on to another thing. So it will happen. It will happen. But, you know, we have to, if this is their choice, we can't really say this is your money, but you have to spend it this way. Yeah. We can't right? give rules with them. <laughs> yeah. Right. We can't, we can't really that big because we want them to experience that for themselves. Right. We want them to know that, yes, you're going to spend $50 on this toy, but maybe next time you'll save to do something else like an experience at $75. Hmm. We can't, but that's when you get them to start doing that so young mm-hmm. and when they begin to learn the lessons, and I know it's not easy at the beginning, right? Because we have to let them watch. We mm-hmm. have to let them purchase the junkie toys. Mm-hmm. You know, we really do. But after a while, when you know, and then they begin to think, it's, it's, it's really when they begin to think about, yeah, and it's a choice. Do I want to spend it here or the The other way that I found now, the kids didn't have to pay for this, but they used to take turns making a meal 
Thursdays mm-hmm. was the day that the kids took turns. So they swap and take, they had to prepare a meal. I love right? that. Yeah. And so, but what's really this, it's really the time because when they do the meal, they knew, let's say at the beginning, they couldn't really cook. So it was pretty much, you know, a uh, salad, mm-hmm. but but when they got older, they wanted to do, and they could make like, they, we always had breakfast for dinner because they could make eggs, they could make pancakes, they could make all of that stuff. So what was really neat about that is that they had to learn to do the, the, the list. And it taught them not only the list, the time preparation, but also it taught them that how much it takes to put on a meal. Mm. I love that. Right? That's a really good lesson for them to learn. Yeah. Cool. It, but also the time, right? Because if you want to make, I don't know, if you want to make a lasagna, for instance, I'm just <laughs> That's saying. That's really time-consuming, right? <laughs> yeah. But, but no, but, but you have to go get the ingredients. It's mm-hmm. not like you want to make a lasagna now, we're going to go get the ingredients today. They went to school. I worked full-time at the time. So you need to plan. So it also teaches them to plan because they have to build that into their schedule. So they I could knew only go- like a week in advance that they're going to have a Thursday dinner. So that maybe on the weekend when you're going grocery shopping. Yeah. That's good. So what if they didn't tell you to get ingredients and you knew their thing was coming up on Thursday? Did you oh, no. Leave that? They we made it. Of- we made it. We made it a family event. Well, I would say family. It was the boys and I. We went to the store. We picked up the ingredients. That's great. I love it. Yeah. But also he taught them, right? Because now, not consciously, but now they're having to pick up the ingredients so they got to see the price. I didn't point out the price, mm-hmm. but they did get to shop for their ingredients and they got mm-hmm. to pay. So I gave them the money for them to pay. It was a whole experience. I love that because then you're teaching them the value of things. And uh, I remember when I got to a certain age, I had to start playing, paying for my own sports. So if I wanted to pay, play for soccer, if I wanted to play soccer, I'd have, I, you know, I'd have to save some of my money that I made at my part-time job to to pay for the sports and I remember going wow I can't believe how expensive soccer is <laughs> but it had to come out of my own pocket right exactly. it really made me appreciate all those years my parents have paid for it <laughs> and so that's why you know it's like baby steps when you get them to start preparing for a meal then they know the timing mm-hmm. how much does it really take to put a meal on the table yeah, right and they begin so. to appreciate and truly on the side note if you have picky eaters the best way the best way to get them to look, uh, be more adventurous about food is get them to help you in the kitchen. Mm, love it. Yeah. Because there's the, the pride, you know, that they've created this meal, that they created. And so definitely my kids are not picky. There's certain things they don't like, but they're not <laughs> picky eaters, right? Because they got in the kitchen and they were experiencing and they were cutting and the vegetables and they were doing all those things. So it, that's one good way to get them involved. So that way they'll, they'll appreciate, they appreciate the effort that you put in to put a meal in on the table. Yeah, I love it. And so now circling back to that, I can't afford it statement. Um, these are some great tools to then get them involved in having that conversation about their money and seeing the value in, uh, you know, things that they just take for granted. So any other ideas or tips around that, around that idea there? I would say get them to start looking, you know, instead of we say, when they say we can't afford it, we just find a way. You would say, yes, let's figure out how we can make that happen. Let's figure out how and then make a plan with them. I think that's a really great idea. 
Yeah, make a plan with them too. Now, Chell, I know in, let's talk about you for a minute. I know you do these kind of workshops with people all the time. You've been doing them for so many years that you make people come up with a plan or you help people come up with a plan to make saving a graceful experience and more a pleasurable experience than like, you know, what a lot of us think of savings and it's like, ah, you know, I wish I had more. It's always the wish I had more of it kind of a statement that goes along with that. So tell us what you do uh, for people and how you help them. Yeah, no, and that's exactly just now that I want to give a tip to um, to your viewers and listeners, and that is adopt a wealthy habit, and the wealthy always, always pay themselves first. Mm. No matter how much money is coming in, pay yourself first, then you pay your obligations, and then you go have some fun. Because a lot of them is we pay our obligations, we have fun, and then we want to say whatever's left over, we're going to put away into a savings. But if you start putting, and I know there's a lot of people that say the 5%, the 10%, I say start where you are now, Mm -hmm. wherever that is. And if it means $25 a month, then you put away $25. Be consistent and then increase that. Just start where you are. So that's basically what I do. You know what I mean? I just really help people show them one how to get, create a spending plan that's going to help them achieve their financial goals. You know, what's Mm -hmm. standing in the way? You know, what can we let go? I don't believe you should cut everything out, but there's certain things that you need to let go, Mm -hmm. you know, in order to uh, achieve your, whatever it is, the financial goals you want to accomplish. Yeah, I love that. And so what made you get started in on, on this financial path of like really taking taking people's financial pictures and helping them see like the future and future pacing them into really making that, I loved how you called it the spending plan, not the savings plan. <laughs> so. It's a spending, right? Because you get to choose how you're spending your money. And if you choose to go out every week and get meals in and do whatever, if you choose to spend it on shoes, it's a choice, right? But it sounds so much nicer than, you know, you have to save. No, no, it's a choice. You get to choose. Yeah. Um, so I you pers- get into a saving mindset makes you never want to spend it, right? Like yeah. you have this like problem with spending then. <laughs> we all go through that. You know, there's, there's definitely, and I personally have been good with money since I was nine. Wow. It's just something that came quite naturally for me. I purchased my first car when I was 17 and my first house when I was 23. Wow. Good for you. That's amazing. So, yeah, for, so you were know, your I mean, parents really good with money then too, or it is great question. A great, great question. My dad is and was, he's, he's a very smart man with, when it comes to money, he was a baker and my mom was a housewife and my dad, I remember him spending six months working two full-time jobs which felt like years because we couldn't make any noise because he was sleeping when we were home. And uh, he took the second job and he put it a down payment in the house. Oh. So it was that consistency. And then within like three years, he sold the house and he bought five units. Oh. So he was smart that way. He, he knew, and then he, uh, he acquired quite a bit of property. But by then I was already on my own. So I didn't get, you know, that was not, but he was definitely smart uh, mm-hmm. when it came to money. And, um, my mom, you know, again, housewife. So it was my dad that took care of the finances. Yeah. So then that made you at a young age, like get really interested in finances and like, and empower. And then, you know, that's, I have to say, that's kind of unusual for a young girl to, to be interested in finance, <laughs> especially from growing up, you know, how we grew up, well, y'all grew up um, and having a housewife for a mom too. Like, it's interesting that you picked up on finances at such a young age. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I, yeah. And so the very first book that I published is called Money Bootcamp. Love and it. that book, I did it because I wanted to have our high school and college students look at money in a different way. Because I also believe that money definitely is a tool. Mm-hmm. However, money and the big house and the fancy car is not the happiness, right? People think when I have this, no, you know what I mean? It, it's not the money. It's, it's what you choose and how you choose to do that. So especially when I teach at the high school, right? They all want the big house and they all want the... Yeah, I think those are great things, and I think definitely you should have it, but don't know, don't think that that's going to bring you happiness because happiness right. is totally different. Yeah. It's a different that. bucket. It's in a different bucket. It's interesting because when kids get to college and university, you know, the, there's all these credit card companies that are at the their first days there, and I remember like, wow, they're going to give me money? Yes. And <laughs> I was one of those dumb kids that signed up for the credit cards and they went traveling. So, yeah, I paid for that in my 20s and learned a good lesson there. <laughs> well, thank goodness they're not doing that quite as opened. Yeah, I think they ought to over doing that. <laughs> yeah, there, there's definitely regulations that they're not allowed to do that because you think it's free money. And, mm-hmm. you know, they don't explain all of the ins and outs of that. Yeah, or look what how to calculate interest. And, well, that pair of $60 jeans is actually going to be 300 by the time you pay it off. <laughs> it, that's a very good point, that, right? And, it's, and that's it. it. Just because you're making the minimum payment, just look at... And actually, that is a really, really great tip and the game changer. Mm-hmm. If you have any credit card debt, and I don't mean you, Michelle, but if anybody has any credit card debt, ask them to add up three months worth of interest. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, however many credit cards, add up the amount of interest that you're paying. Then, mm-hmm. of course, multiply it by four and find out how much you could be having in your savings account because and this is just interest. Forget about the payment and all those other things. But every, everybody that has done this, they all of a sudden, when they begin to think that, see that they're making another person rich, the credit mm-hmm. card companies, mm-hmm. they get very creative as finding ways to pay that off. Right. Bad. Wow. That's awesome. That's a great one to end on, Shella. Thank you so much <laughs> for all your great tips. I've got some great ones. I'm writing them down. And for all of our blissful parents out there, Please reach out to Chella. Chella, where can we find out more information about you? Where are you, where are you hanging we out? You can find me. Chella is, Chella is my business page, and I'm always answering questions in there. And uh, ChellaDiaz.com is my website. Awesome. And that's C-H-E-L-L-A. So Chella Diaz. And make sure you find her on Facebook and her website. And guys, go check it out. She's got some great tips and tools for all of us parents out there. And remember, whatever we do, try to avoid that word we can't afford it (laughs) and find out a creative way to figure out how you can afford it with your kids, show them that plan. And that was a really great takeaway. Great, great lesson. Chilla. Thank you so much for inspiring our parents out there and helping our kids have a brighter financial future. So parents out there until next time, have a blissful week. And thanks again, Chilla. Thank you for listening to the Blissful Parent Podcast. For complete transcriptions of this show, as well as helpful links to resources mentioned in this episode, please visit our website at theblissfulparent.com.